Success is elusive, but it doesn't have to be. This is Limitless Belief, a weekly podcast where we discover the principles of success by those who use them well. Be encouraged, be inspired, be limitless. Okay. So welcome everyone to the Limitless Belief Podcast. I'm your host, Frederick Tobert, and I'm excited to be with you all. Um, whether you're at home, in your car, or taking public transportation, uh, we appreciate you spending some time with us today. Uh, this is episode number one, and that's a really big thing for me personally uh, because it represents the outcomes that I would like to see not only for myself, but more, just more in general around the world. Um, you know, we want to create a community where people can come share, learn, grow, uh, and grow from the examples and stories of individuals who have overcome limited or limiting beliefs. And our guest today, Bryce Conlin, is truly a great represent, uh, representation of that. Um, he is a startup CEO. Uh, he's managed to build a profitable business in his first year in business. And currently, he's pivoting away from his uh, comfortable, well-known career and forging a new path. Uh, teaching leaders how to discover and maximize their impact um, uh, through their stories, of their stories. And, um, you know, I just have to say, Bryce, that there has never been a workshop or an event that you facilitated where I didn't leave just a little bit better, right? And um, I really think that you're a great example of what, we're, what we mean by limitless. And uh, the things that you've been able to accomplish are amazing. I know you're helping others discover their limitlessness uh, through the power of their story. And I just want to ask you a quick question. You know, how do you define story? And thank you for being with us, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, Fred, you're too kind. This is, uh, I, I'm delighted to be here. I've been looking forward to this. Honestly. Sir. Thank you. So uh, what was the question? How do, I, how do I define story? Yeah, how do you, so how do you define story? Because I know this is something, you know, that you're pivoting toward and um, you've been finding it to be uh, very, very productive. Um, as far as the people that you've been able to work with. And it seems like through story, individuals are unlocking certain elements of power and limitlessness through their, through their, through their story, just going back and going through that journey. So, you know, how would you define story? You know, I've thought a lot about this. Um, and it's, it's kind of an uncomfortable thing to admit, yeah. uh, but I don't know. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's, I mean, that's the thing, that's the thing about story, right? Like we all know what it is. And sociologists and researchers tell us that 60% of everything that we share is a story of some, you know, in some form or fashion. Right, um, right. But the, the thing is, is when you actually ask somebody, these researchers or uh, literary professors or authors or m filmmakers, and you say, well, what is a, what is story? Right. You kind of get this dumb look. Um, where nobody really knows exactly how to define it, but we all know a story when we hear one, right, which is right. really fascinating. So um, the best definition I've got right now of what a story is, uh, is a very simply a story is a way of organizing information that communicates okay, okay. both knowledge and evokes emotion. So it's not just in the head, it's also kind of on this other level, this emotional feeling level. And those two things, uh, to me, I think are, are necessary if we're going to call something a story. 
Right. And what what about your uh, your journey made you want to kind of pivot into this direction of helping people unlock some of the power in their within themselves through their story? What made you want to pivot toward that direction in your in your in your business in your career? Yeah, I think two things. Um, the first the first was this kind of um, realization that the projects that I've worked on and you know you know but for the listeners who don't know uh, mm -hmm. in my past life my kind of comfortable career uh, is i am a i make videos for corporate america they they call right. me up and whether it's uh, communications for uh, recruiting or hiring or they're launching a new product or they're pitching new business or whatever um, right. video right. is become this massive kind of part of how we communicate these days mm -hmm. and so that's what i did and and obviously you can you can create video that doesn't tell a story but the 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 projects that i've been involved with that i've both found most enjoyable but also have had the biggest impact are the ones mm -hmm. that focus heavily on story on communicating um the human experience of using that brand or buying that product or trying out um, you know, taking a risk and trying something new. Right. And so I found myself gravitating kind of naturally more and more to these uh, projects that were, that were story heavy. Mm -hmm. But th the second thing was I had a, a client in a project kind right. of um, as we we're in the process of telling, you know, the story of a gigantic corporate monolithic company. And yeah. I was sitting down with, the executive and kind of sharing the research as I talked to some people in the field and some of their frontline associates. And I realized, you know, if we, if we don't tell like the big corporate story, but instead we tell three or four or five individual stories in the, in the, in the of individuals who are part of the company, I think we're going to get something really interesting. And so um, she took the risk, she bought in and she did it. And, it was far and away uh, the most fun project I've ever worked on. But more important than that, it really made a difference in what they were trying to do. It moved the needle on their objective. And that's when I really realized that we, we take our stories, and by our stories, I mean your story and my story, and then when we get a few of us together, our collective stories, and we completely take them for granted. And we don't pay attention to them because we were there when they were written. And we, so we don't really ever discover the power in them. So when we can do that, when we stop and kind of unravel it and untangle the mess and, and put some definitions to what we experienced, uh, it becomes this really powerful tool to move the needle in business, in life, and, and just fundamentally in relationships. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I agree with that. And as I... You know, as I'm beginning to mature and uh, you know get a little bit older, uh, I'm starting to learn the the value of a good story now. Because now I have more I have more stories. You know, when I was younger, uh, you, you don't yeah. you don't have you don't have a lot of stories um, to tell. Um, but why why do you feel some people um, are great storytellers and others not so much? Like what what is it it is what is it about storytelling that some people maybe just have it innately within themselves to be able to tell a good story? And I know this is probably a loaded question, but can, can people learn how to tell good stories or do you have to have just kind of like the it factor when it comes? Yeah, to good yeah. question. Good question. I, you know, I don't, I, I'm, I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant to 
be prescriptive in saying, you know, it's this, it's this one thing, right? You know, it's this one thing uh, that some people that makes some people great and some people not. Because uh, I'm not sure I believe that. Mm -hmm. uh, storytelling, like like everything, is a skill, and the folks who are, you know, quote naturally great at storytelling just learned that skill mm -hmm. um, or practiced that skill to a higher level of excellence or proficiency than those of us who maybe struggle in storytelling. Right. Um, right. But what makes a story great is I think it's pretty, pretty simple. And there's a couple of elements. Um, first, it, it really comes down to how we order the information. Okay. Um, that means that we, we know where we're trying to take people. We know where we're beginning and we have a clear process that moves them from the beginning to the end. And um, the folks who know how to do that well are folks who know what details to include and what details add to the story mm -hmm. and know what details to omit because they take away from the story. Gotcha. And, and that's really, that's just a, a kind of a formula. It's mechanical. Right. I right. would say if there's um, a secret sauce, yeah, or kind of a secret ingredient to Absolutely. great storytelling, Absolutely. it's being able to describe emotional things without using emotional words wow okay describe emotion and i don't know if that makes sense or if i need to explain that more yeah i was gonna i was um, i was actually trying to think of a, a, an example of that in my mind but yeah could you do you have like an example off the top of your head that you can give of what that looks like for sure yeah, okay. yeah i mean I think the easy, so first of all, most of us struggle with emotions anyway. So for somebody to show up and to say, you know, uh, you know, and when this thing happened, I, I felt uh, angry or I felt sorrowful, like that's already kind of an uncomfortable realm for a lot of people, just right. being able to even talk in the language of feeling. But the really effective storytellers, and you see this in, uh, film, you see this in in great writing. Um, you hear this in 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 oral tradition. The great storytellers don't tell you I felt angry. They, they describe what it felt like to be angry. You know, I felt frozen in time, and my blood uh, began to boil, and my face I could feel flushed, you know, red hot, and yeah. like you get that kind of sense of oh, that's anger without somebody spoon feeding you, you know, angry. Um, and that's what makes really great for really great storytelling is when we're talking about, you know, feelings without naming the feeling. Gotcha. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. And, um, you know, I think about some of the best comedians out there, how they, they're able to hold, you know, people on with their every word because they're, they're walking you through some, process or journey that's leading somewhere and you know they're leading you somewhere <laughs> like you paid your money for for this but you you know you, they're not just giving it away uh too too early and uh like dave Chappelle and people like that mark Marin, like they're really good at that uh storytelling without being too descriptive uh or without giving the giving the plot away or the the end result away too early uh you know they they really kind of utilize this this formula it seems in in comedy yeah. a lot in comedy a lot and that's that's really cool. <laughs> that's that's the, that's my favorite type of comedy. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you brought up comedians because comedians, especially in stand up, yeah, they tell yeah. a tremendous number of stories. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it's story after story after story, and it may be a uh, a ten minute set, and you'll hear three or four or six stories, right? And 
the thing that comedians do, and this is a great example, is they don't get up on stage and describe what happened and then tell you it was funny. Right, right. They tell you the information in a way that leads you to the conclusion right, that's right. funny. Right, for sure. And that's what, sure. you know, they know where they're trying to take you. And so they include exactly the details that they need to right. and leave out the details that they don't. And then again, when something's embarrassing, they don't tell you it's embarrassing. They describe the situation in so much detail that you, the audience members, start to feel embarrassed. Embarrassed, right. <laughs> right? Yep, and so sure that's, why we're, that's why we're so, I think, that's why we're so hooked mm -hmm. when we hear mm -hmm. a great story because we're not intellectualizing the feeling. You know, we're not like, oh, in my brain, oh, that's anger. Oh, that's embarrassment. Oh, that's happiness. Mm -hmm. But we mm -hmm. actually feel it because we discover it for ourselves wow. in the story framework. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And, you know, it makes me think about limiting beliefs, how that's a story, um, a, a narrative that totally. maybe someone else has placed on you, an external limited belief, or maybe it's an internal limiting belief. And I would love for you to share with with, uh, with our listeners, you know, how, what has there ever been a, a narrative that you've been able to overcome? Uh, we, we'll call it a limiting belief, um, where you've been able yeah. to overcome that that narrative and how were you able to do it and how did you rewrite that narrative to um to be able to move past that if that if that's ever happened in your life yeah i have to just pick one <laughs> no yeah right <laughs> the, the, best yeah, <laughs> the best one um i think maybe the most dramatic one okay um which 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 might which is also it may be one of the more inspirational ones. Mm -hmm. um, not a lot of people know this about me, but I, I'm deaf in my left ear. I'm, I'm totally deaf okay. in my left ear. Okay. Um, and it's been that way as long as I've known. Um, it's possible I was born that way. Um, I also grew up abroad and I, I was very, very sick with yellow fever uh, as an infant or, or as a toddler. So it's possible that it happened then. Um, so we don't really know. But the point is my whole, my whole life, I've I've been deaf. And as a hearing impaired kid growing up, um, I, I had a hard time regulating how loud I was talking. I, I didn't always know. And so because I, I couldn't hear myself as well as um, I should have been able to, I would often talk, talk, I'd often talk very loudly. Uh, I'd be, I, I, so I'd, I was borderline shouting. And my parents, who were trying to teach me to cope in the world would often say, you know, they'd shush me, shh, shh, you know, and I get this hand motion a lot, right? I did kind of that shh, because uh, I was talking too loud. But the way that I internalized that, um, that repeated behavior of hearing the, the shush uh, was, we don't want to hear from you. Um, and what you have to say is not important and, um, your voice is not valuable. And that's not what they were saying, of course, but that's how, you know, uh, as a four and five and six year old, I internalized that. And so it really held me back in a lot of my, in a lot of my life because I was afraid to talk. I was afraid to ask questions in front of a room. I was afraid to um, you know, um, stand up and, you know, make a presentation or, or give a keynote or whatever. I was afraid of those things. Uh, right. shh, nobody wants to hear you. And it really, I mean, I, 
I'd like to say it happened a while ago, but it's really truly still kind of something that's unfolding in my life where I'm learning that my voice has um, value and that I have valuable things to say um, and putting myself out there in a way where my voice is being heard. But that's been very uncomfortable and it's been very um, vulnerable for me to, to do that because always kind of in the back of my head, I have this kind of going on. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's been, I think one of the the most challenging things I've ever uh, had to overcome in terms of my own thought processes, whether correct or not, but that was a very limiting belief that I carried for 35 years. Do you, and it's, it's so interesting. Um, just when I look at the, when I look at what you're doing now, helping people to discover them, their voices and their stories, do you feel like any aspect of that, of, of those, that, that narrative that was being uh, developed in your mind as a, as a, as a child, do you feel like that may have dr- drove you a little bit as you became an adult to want to help other people maybe, um, uh, disrupt those narratives in their own mind so that way they can be able to you know overcome those limiting beliefs as well i may not have asked it the right way but you know what yeah what about, no, I, what about your childhood maybe led you to do to do this the kind of work that you're doing now <clears throat> yeah so to be honest i've never thought about it that way i've never okay. made that clear connection gotcha um but i i will say this i read a quote recently and I, I, I apologize, I don't know who it was by, but okay. the the author of, of this quote said, the most painful thing in the world is to live with a story that you cannot tell. Mm. And something about that really resonates with me mm-hmm. um, because I think that generally, and, and I don't even think that, I think we, we all know this, they just look out in the world and you can see a tremendous amount of pain. Absolutely. Um, you know, people uh, commuting to and from jobs that they hate, going to, you know, in, in relationships that they're not happy with. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, kids that are, you know, teenagers who are out of control and parents that are absolutely beside themselves. I mean, um, you know, stress at work, you know, yeah, on that last yeah. big project, striving after that promotion, right? In all of those things are stories. Right. And they're largely just stuffed. They exist between the, in the gray matter between uh, our own ears, and we don't share them. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know how to share them. We don't have the language for it. We don't have an audience for it. Right. And I think that if we could, as people, as a, as a collective, as society, get better at storytelling, but also honestly being becoming better listeners of stories when they're told absolutely um i think a lot of that pain would become more manageable and more tolerable and we could heal on our own a lot better than than we currently do when it's just i've got a world of hurt inside me and you've got a world of hurt inside you when we can come together and say hey i'm gonna let my story out and it's scary and it's vulnerable and mm-hmm. I, and it's uncomfortable and I don't like it. Yeah. And yeah. you can step into that space and meet me there. Yeah. I, I think then we can find more common ground than difference. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, that's a great comfort. And I think one of the keys to healing. Wow. 
Yeah. And I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, just that, you know, bringing everybody down to that human level, you know, no matter what your title is or how much money you may have in a bank account or how, how little money you may have in the, bank in, the, in the bank account. One of the things that we all share is that we're going to have some, some tough times in life. And, um, more than likely, we're probably going to sh- have more similarities in the bad things than, than the good things, potentially, uh, if we're just able to be open and honest with one another. You know, we can relate and potentially, like you said, uh, find some healing just in the, in the fact that we're releasing it into the world and not and not withholding it inside and letting it, you know, letting it tear us up. So that's I think that's um, I think that's really profound and amazing. I really you know, thank you for everything that you're doing um, with your how to tell a better story workshops. And uh, I've, I've attended three myself, and I'm actually going to attend the one that you have on Wednesday. And I have a couple of people coming along with me, um, individuals who I've been, you know, trying to help them develop and tell the better story. I'm like, why not just get them to go to someone that's, that's a professional? Awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing you and uh, whoever you bring. That's, that's awesome. Thank yes. you. Yes. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's such a great workshop, and um, it really helps the person really kind of go back and think about things that they, that they, you know, may have forgotten about their journey. I did this, um, I did this, um, year end training. I don't want to call it a training, but it was like a workshop with this company, with this organization called Ignite. And one of the first things that we did, um, was he asked us a question to just think about five things that went well in 2019, five successes. And, uh, everybody in the room had to take some time to think about that, you know, but, you know, when it comes down to like bad things, we can probably rattle those things off, you know, a lot more quickly uh, because those are the things that typically stick out to us. But the good things that happen, the things that we could probably build on, you know, if we're not keeping track of those things, they can get lost in time. And we can forget that sometimes we may have laid a proper foundation uh, to build on in certain areas that we want to, you know, move forward in. And that's why I think that what you're doing with the How to Tell a Better Story workshop is really is really awesome because it allows someone to go back and then develop a story along the way to kind of show people, you know, that their life is pretty awesome and that they've been able to accomplish some great things and um, inspire other people along the way. So, so I just wanted to say that, you know, thank you, Bryce, for everything that you're doing. Hey, my pleasure. This was... Uh... <laughs> I, I love this space that I found, you know, found myself in. And uh, honestly, I just, I can truly, you know, as I'm now surrounded by stories, you know, day by day, yes, sir. Uh, I can truly say that I am happier and more fulfilled and more connected than I've ever been before. So wow. um, I would like, you know, yeah, I'm doing it for other people, but as I'm getting into it, I'm discovering I'm doing it for me too. Right. It's really, it's really about that connection and, and I, I yeah. can't imagine yeah. my life without it. Yeah, especially nowadays. Like what better timing, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not wrong. What better timing? I hope you've enjoyed this episode. For more episodes just like this one, be sure to subscribe to Limitless Belief wherever you get your podcast. And remember, knowing means nothing until you apply it. So get going, get growing. And I'll see you on the other side of Limitless.